Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tim Dillon Show. It is Saturday night or Sunday morning whenever you are checking back in with us. With us. Castilian Spanish is a lot of... They are the white Hispanics. They say that. They're like... Everything they say has a... It's a TH. That's neither here nor there. We are drinking a Slim Fast creamy milk chocolate. Slim Fast. It's a meal replacement... Shake for breakfast, shake for lunch, sensible dinner. They are not an advertiser, but I'm part of a challenge with Big J and Ari and Sal Volcano. I don't even know if they're doing it anymore. I saw uh, Big J got, he was doing comedy, sitting in a chair. Somebody came up and they, they swiped the chair from him and he fell off the stage. He was doing crowd work with somebody and their boyfriend got mad or something. Really? Yeah, it's on Lewis's Instagram. I, I mean, or Ari put it up on his Instagram. What's going on out there? It's just comedy, people. Relax. I think Ari put it up and he goes, comedy is dangerous again. There it is. Middle middle one right there. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, crazy. So he's doing. Look at that. I mean, what the fuck is happening? What the fuck is happening? You know, it's out of control. Thanks to Joe Rogan for having me on the show. It's one of his last episodes for the moment in the studio in L.A., and that was really cool. Sit down with him again. Um, I stayed in L.A. that night, and I went on hotel tonight. And this is a problem that I've been having. You're going to run into this problem when you travel. If you are traveling right now, if you have to travel if you choose to travel, I'm going to tell you some of the problems you're going to run into so that unlike me, you're you're not completely befuddled by what's going on right now because there's a lot of rules and regulations that are apparently preventing anybody from doing their job even by accident. Even accidentally, the idea that somebody would perform a service or exchange a good with you uh, apparently can no longer be done, even though you're paying for said things. You're paying for the services, but they are no, they can't receive them because of coronavirus. So I check into this, uh, so I go to Hotel Tonight. I like Hotel Tonight because Hotel Tonight allows you to book last-minute rooms that hotels make available supposedly cheaper, but they're never really cheaper. Let's be honest. They're always kind of, you book, you know, I mean, Hotel Tonight might have been great when it first started, but what it is right now is it's it's just easy. You swipe it. You see the hotel. You like it. You're in. You're out. It's prepaid. You don't have to deal with the payment at the front desk, although you have to give your card for utilities, obviously. Uh, the utilities right now during COVID don't exist. There aren't. I was checking into the hotel, and the guy goes, Hey, can I have a card for incidentals? And I said, right, good. You have room service? No. Mini bar? No. What are the incidentals? He goes, you can get a snack in the lobby. I said, so you're authorizing my card for $150 on the off chance I walk to get a fucking cliff bar in the lobby that couldn't I just buy it in the lobby? What the fuck scam... Is this? I check into the Kimpton Lapeer Hotel on P- Lapeer Street in LA. 
Kimptons are fine. It's like a regular brand of hotel that's it's somewhat respectable. Get this, get this hotel up because it's a dump. And it's running a human trafficking ring, which I'm choosing to bring to light on this program. The pool is the size of a stamp. I mean, it's it's the size of a matchbook. The plate, nothing looks like that. It's a dump. The rooms are horrific. I FaceTimed Ray Kump. Ray Kump was aghast at the room, just to give you an idea. And now they list this as a luxury hotel on Hotel Tonight. They list it as a luxury property. I don't know. I don't trust Hotel Tonight in terms of luxury. and They don't understand. I think hotels pay. I don't think it goes by ratings. I think hotels pay them more money because I worked in certain hotels at Hotel Tonight said were lux. I've walked into them and I've said, I'm scared right now for my physical safety. I'm scared. And this is a lux hotel. And then some hotels that they say are basic are beautiful. But I, I walk into the Kimpton Lapeer Hotel after sitting in my car. And now you're all going to be like, oh, these are luxury problems. Is this what you're going to complain about now? You're going to co- complain about hotels and everything like that? I'll complain about other shit too. But understand that eventually you're going to leave your house and you're going to have to stay in a hotel. I want you to know what to expect and how to handle it because I, I have... I have been always open about the fact that I want the best for every employee that I have an altercation with. That is why I choose to have the altercation. Other people choose not to have the altercation with the person because they don't believe in them. I believe in the person so much that for me to leave the property without yelling at them doesn't feel like I've done my job and helped them grow as a person. You see? Yes or yes. So I come into the hotel... This guy might have been gay, might not have been. It's just an attitude in L.A., maybe metrosexual. It's just an attitude. It's not even a sexuality anymore. It's an attitude. It's an attitude of like, it's kind of like you you figure it out, you know, hey. Like, it's an attitude of I'd rather be on a beach. I'd rather be uh, sipping a cocktail and not be hunting. Some of the people in these hotels act like they, like they're just, like their job is a, is like they're just, they're like breezing in and out of doing it. Like they don't stand behind the front desk, like walk around the lobby. Get behind the desk. You work at the hotel. Nobody at the hotel thinks you're staying here. You work at the hotel. Get behind the desk so I can ding the thing. Don't be like floating around the lobby like you're a socialite. Get in your station for Christ. But they don't. They, they float around the lobbies and all of these new hotels are, give me an old Marriott. Give me something with carpets and thick bedding and, and, and paintings from like Sears on the fucking wall. Give me a breakfast buffet with a waffle and pancakes and eggs and bacon and sausage and little yogurts that no one gets, but it's nice to see them there. That's what I want. When I film my Comedy Central half hour, Comedy Central, rest in peace, has... They put me up in the Ace Hotel in New Orleans. The Ace Hotel is cold. There was an acoustic guitar in the room. The room should have came with a with a rope to hang yourself. That's what it should. It was a dark, decrepit space where negative thoughts and feelings uh, lingered. Okay, that's what the Ace Hotel was. I checked myself out immediately. My manager stayed five minutes. My manager, R.I.P., stayed five minutes, and then he went to another hotel, and I went to. I think it was like a. Uh, a Hilton something. 
a Hilton something or other, and it was fine. And there were families, and it was buffet breakfast, and it was an omelet station, and nobody was cool or hip, and nothing was cold. They've remade all the Marriott courtyards now, and they 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 re they redid them with a, it's now Marriott Bistro. It's a bistro. Do you want food? It's a b. Here's a burger in a box. It's a bistro. Do you want the bistro chain? Hey, it's a Marriott. The people staying there don't know what a bistro is. Give them regular food. Give them Funyuns and Oxycontin. That's what they came for. It's the bistro. And what the bistro is is a glorified Starbucks. And if you've stayed in these places, you know, it's a glorified Starbucks where they give you food in a box. They give you a box, and it's always some like brioche, bun, blah, blah, flatbread. We, we, we know what, what's on these menus. We know what's on the menus. I just don't like the new, this attitude of like a, a kind of a nice hotel where like none of the employees seem like they're employees. They all kind of float around and you have to kind of go up to three people, go, you work here? Do you work? Who works here? There's just a bunch of guys with their chest hair out, like walking around, like trying to fuck. It's like, who's, are you fucking me? Are you working? What are we doing? So I finally check in and God, this slim fat. I mean, what do you think of it? It's not good. It's not great. <laughs> It's the best flavor, too. I mean, the French vanilla, it's literally coffee creamer. You want to vomit. Um, the, the guy that checks me in, he gives me two cards. I say, can you give me something with a balcony? Because I'm going to smoke in the room. That's the reality. I'm going to smoke in the room. It would be easier to cover it up with a balcony, but don't force me to go old school. Don't force me to go old school and blow the smoke right in the toilet. I will. It's my vacation. So I want a balcony or at least give me a big window I could hang out there. Last night, there was a big window in L.A. I was talking with several of the homeless people. I was trying to rouse them up <laughs> to have them come in the front and, you know, cause a little problem. I couldn't do it because many of the homeless are lazy and that's why they're where they are. But I was trying to get them together. I had promised them. I said, there's more cigarettes and money if you go into the lobby and just start some shit. I said, there's six of you. They can't arrest all of you. Just go and show a force. Start throwing things around. I even described the guy I wanted them to pay a visit to and they did nothing Weak, but I need a little bit of a, a fucking window open. I need something. I'm gonna have a cigarette in a room, and I don't even smoke, but I'm gonna have a cigarette because I have a pack of cigarettes on me, and I'm gonna have a cigarette in the room. Why? Why not? It's my vacation that started at 4 p.m. right after I left Rogan's studio and ends in the morning. And I here's the other thing: I do late checkout, whether you give it to me or not. We could do late checkout two ways. You can give me the late checkout at 12 or 1, or we could have the maid bang on my door and I'll pretend to be dead <laughs> until she comes in and I'm laying there bare ass on the thing and she <laughs> says, Dios mio, that's, I imagine that's what it is, and then she runs down the hall. It just is what it is. We, let's do them easier. So I'm going to smoke in the room and I'm staying later than I should. I'm a good guest, really. Not a bad guest. I'm telling you up front the things I'm going to do. So I, this guy gives me these two room keys. My whole life is hotels. Before this quarantine, I was just in and out of hotels all the time. All the time. Every fucking week. Checking in. You know how many fucking cards, hotel cards I have in my, in my wallet I don't even use from all over the fucking country? Yeah. They don't work. They don't work. And you got to go back and go, it demagnetized. Well, that was you buy your keys or wallet? Yes. In fact, my keys and wallet are always in my pants. So what should I do with the card? Should I put it between the crack of my ass? How should I hold the card? I'm always back at the fucking front desk because shit's demagnetized. So he gives me these two cards. 
I go in the elevator and they don't work. The cards don't work in the elevator. So I go, okay. I'm like, maybe it's me. So I walk to the front desk and he goes, okay, I'll help you. You know, he's not, of course, not at the desk, not at his position. I got to go wrangle him because he's like strolling around the lobby. Like he's, you know, owns the property. And I got to go, hi, remember me? I'm staying here. So I get him. He goes into the lobby, uh, into the elevator. He's uh, doing the cards. Nothing. They don't work. So I say to him, okay. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm sorry. And he goes like this. He goes, I'll call engineering. Excuse me? You're going to call engineering and I'm going to stand there in your lobby while an elevator mechanic with COVID comes over? No, I just said, check me out. What I said, I said, check me out. Just like that. Scared him a little bit. A little twinkie fell back. I said, check me out. He goes, what? I said, check me out. Check me out. Almost like I was saying, check me out. Like, fuck me. I said, he goes, wait, 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 what's going on? I said, I want a refund, right? He goes, I'm not, I said, I'm not waiting for engineering, bro. You need to have elevators that work at the fucking hotel. It's non-negotiable. That's just, that's part of the thing. I got to get to my room. I just stand there. I said, I want a full refund. He's got to, he goes, we got to talk to the hotel tonight. I said, I will. I said, I want a full refund right now. Then he's getting real flushed. He goes, well, you know, I don't know why this is happening. He goes, maybe it's human error. He goes, he goes, oh my God, I know what happened. He goes, your room wasn't, so then, then, then he goes like this. He goes, I'll just buzz you up with my key. So he buzzes me up to the key. We get to the second floor. We get to the room. Doesn't work. He goes, oh, I know what happened. He goes, you asked for a room in the balcony. He goes, as you were asking, I had put you in 210. The balcony room was 310. So I authorized you for 310, but now we're at 210. At that point, I considered, he's a smaller gentleman, I considered just kind of, just kind of mashing his face with my hand and like just putting him up against the wall and then try to, try to start choking him, like try to block his hands and then get in there. But I said, okay, so we go back down to the lot, we go back to the lobby and he finally authorizes the right keys to work. But I mean, I was just... This is what these hotels, these hotels are asleep at the switch. There's one person working. They're not bringing anybody in. There's no room service. Why is there no room service? He goes, because of COVID. I go, why don't you leave the food outside of the door like Postmates has been doing for five months? They've been doing it for five months. And you can't get the chef in here now. I don't care if he's on three ventilators. Get him in the kitchen. This is my vacation. And it's important when you check into a hotel now, even if you're clearly not on vacation, say you're on vacation. I always do. I check into a hotel for one night. I say, I'm on vacation. What are the attractions? Make them tell you about the attractions. I've never been to Los Angeles. What are the attractions? <laughs> tell me what they are. I said, is the Museum of Wax open? <laughs> I try to ruin their lives. It strengthens them. I said, can I go to the Hollywood sign? Is there a shuttle? Ask dumb shit. Mm. I say, is there a shuttle to the Hollywood sign? 
and then always follow up a stupid question with an even stupider question and then go, and when does it leave? Because then they're flushed and they have to go, wait, well, hold on, wait a minute. You can't eat, there is no shuttle. You can't even get there. What? what? And I go, when does it leave? Did I miss it? Don't hear their answer. Go right back at them. Did I miss the shuttle to the Hollywood sign? I'm on vacation. Also, tell them right away, go, I have COVID. <laughs> then go, I've always had COVID. Everywhere I walk in now, I go, I've had COVID since I've been a child. Do you have any of these symptoms? I have all of these symptoms. I'm a, I got 105 fever. I can't breathe. I have, I'm having constant strokes, and I have COVID toes. Does the shuttle to the Hollywood sign leave three or four times a day? Tell me right now. It's my vacation. How about this? When you check in now, just tell them you've come to die. I've come here to die. I've come to die. I've come, correct. I have all of those symptoms. I've come to die. Can I have a suite? I won't be paying it. See, I've come to die. Because you have no room service, and you're offering nothing, and you have no fucking minibar. Why don't you have a minibar? Why aren't there bottles of water because of COVID? This is, this is Hurricane Sandy in Long Island. My loser friends for five years, the reason they wouldn't do anything was Hurricane Sandy. Two years from now, somebody at a, uh, at, at a fucking restaurant's going to go, well, because of COVID-19, we actually, and you're going to lunge and grab that throat and go, no more. No more. After a certain period of time, we got to fucking enough. Because of COVID, you can't put food in the hall. So I'm forced to smoke illegally hanging out of the window of your building because I need something to fill my appetite, mm -hmm. which cigarettes historically are quite effective at. So I have to do it. Wait, you don't have, I even say it to my, I'm going to have to smoke in the room. They go, it's a no smoking premises. They said, well, then get me food. They go, well, we don't have any food because of COVID. I go, well, don't you see that this is untenable arrangement? I'm supposed to sit there with no cigarettes and no food, upset in this dump? Place was a goddamn shithole. And they're running a human trafficking ring. Kimpton Lapeer in, in, in West Hollywood. All these new hip... Gay like hotel boys. It's like we need to do a little work, gentlemen. Give me an angry Les in there, please. Can we get a competent angry dyke now? I want an angry dyke. I don't even want a happy dyke. I want a barn burning, fucking vicious, loves her father, thinks her mother's weak, badass bitch to get in there. I want fucking loafers with no socks, cropped short hair like Sergeant Slaughter. I want a woman that looks like Sergeant Slaughter running the hotel. Not this fucking Ecuadorian gay coke twink who doesn't understand my needs. A big old dyke understands a meal. She understands that a meal needs to come to that room in some form or fashion. I don't care if you pay a fucking couple of hookers to grab a pizza and shove it in my ass you have to figure out a way to get me fed. If not, you got to put me in a boiler room with a pack of cigarettes and a fucking ashtray. I don't want to hear any different. I don't want to hear it. Give me a barn-burning, barn-raising Sergeant Slaughter dyke now. And I ask for that. I say that when I check in the hotel. I say, can you get a Sergeant Slaughter dyke here, sir? You know, one of the big tough ones. 
that holds herself and this establishment to a stand. Not one of these intellectuals like Katie Herzog. I mean a tough bitch. Somebody who's been in a few street fights. Maybe she's done some time in jail. But she's turned herself around and now she loves this corporation like she loves the children she'll never have. She takes the check-in process a bit more seriously. I want to be a little afraid of her when I check in. I like somebody with a little authority when I check into a hotel. I'm just a little disappointed at what, what I feel. I feel that COVID-19 is enabling businesses to only bring back a small portion of their workforce, and then you're paying for all these amenities that no longer exist. The, the rates have not fallen. The room rates have not fallen. It upsets me, and I'm doing this for the families. I don't even care about myself. I'm doing this for the families out there. They're trying to take a vacation to West Hollywood to see the attractions. That's who I speak for. I speak for the families. Mom and dad, Susie and Jimmy and little uh, little uh, Tommy and Tamara. Those, those people, the good salt of the earth, middle American potato farmers who are coming in and they're staying at the Kimpton La Pierre Hotel because they want to take their kids and show them all the TikTok stars at Boa Steakhouse. They want to show them the junkies, whatever they're going there for, whatever it is. They want to, they want to show their kids what this beautiful city of Los Angeles is and everything that it signifies to the, to the, great, to the larger country, which is so much. And I'm fighting on behalf of them. I'm changing my opinion a little bit of Boa Steakhouse, which I didn't love when I had dinner there in Santa Monica with Ben, but now that I went to the West Hollywood location and I went with Spade, and Spade's respected because he's famous, they were a little better, and the King Crab is actually very good. And the people watching's fun because it's all TikTokers and rappers and drug dealers and, you know, the people that run the country, quite frankly. The only people left, the only people left, all this rage at Sarah Cooper for getting a Netflix special. Dude, who gives a fuck? She's not my favorite, but who cares? Yes, Yes, she's going to get a Netflix special. Yes. I mean, what do you want me to tell you? What? Who cares about a Netflix special? What do you think, what art do you think is on its way, folks? Just like when Kamala Harris gets picked. Everyone's shocked. Oh, I, what? No, he, but she was a cop and, yeah, guys, she's, she's a black woman. That's what they wanted. That's what they needed. Michelle Obama wasn't doing it. Susan Rice, not really political. You know, Kamala Harris was hardened political campaigner. She's won races. Yes, she's going to put you in jail. Yes, you're going to jail. I don't know why that shocks you. Someone's putting you in jail. You vote right now based on who do you want to put you in a van. What party do you feel better putting you in jail? That is the, that's what it is. That is why you're voting in America right now. Which party, which political ideology do you feel better if it's behind the people that take a boot and stomp on your face while they're throwing you in an unmarked fan to the gulags? That's all. That's it. There's not, well, but the taxes are high or low. No. It's who, who do you, when you get clonked over the head, when a bunch of guys come at you and, and they don't have badges on, you can't see them, and they come at you and they just put a bag over your head and they throw you in the van, when you're in that van and you're you got a bag over your head and you're heading to a black torture site, who would you rather be doing that? 
Trump or this lovely Indian American, African American, whatever the case, woman. I rather Kampala Kakalaka Harris. I rather Kakalakalakabo. Kam Kam Kampanya Kabalala Yeah Harris. That's what I rather, personally. I don't want Trump doing it. He's done it enough. Let's give Kampayo Harris to chance. Do you understand? Give Tame Impala Harris the keys to the cell. We're all going to jail now. She put a lot of people in jail, but I imagine that's fun, right? I mean, if you ha- if you can do it, I imagine it's it's kind of fun to just throw people in a you know by. And yes, we're going to do prison labor for corporations. That is what, but it's gonna kind of be. Va- Have you ever seen the movies where you're next to someone else? And you're just on the side of the road and you're doing labor for the state or for the town or you're, you're making little uh, trinkets for Walmart or whatever and you get paid 15 cents an hour. That, hey, what's coming? Ain't nothing to do about it. Ain't nothing to do about it. So just feel good. Feel good that Kamaranga Harris is going to be handling it. Biden's going to run one. He's going to go. He's going to go into the Oval Office for four years, and then you're going to have Kamala K K K K Har K Ho. Can you say K Ho? Saying she's a ho, but K Ho K Ha K Ha Ka Ha Ka Ha Ka Ha Ka Ha Ka Ha President Ka Ha will then put you in prison. And you'll thank her. Hey, thank you. You'll bring your daughter to see her. You'll bring your daughter right to see her go. My, my, My daughter was very excited that she could meet the first woman of color, uh, vice president. Yeah, well, of course. No, of course. Of course, I guess. My daughter was very excited to meet the, okay, Okay, I'll put them up. I'll put them up like this. Okay. My daughter is just so excited to meet. Yeah, and we we sent you her measurements for her handcuffs. She has very small wrists, so we, we have those as well. But she's very excited to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. No, it was good. It was a good thank you. No, I love I mean, listen, it's just a beautiful time for the country. Okay, thank you. Thank you. In the van. Clink. In the van with Kamala. But all these guys that I like, like Kaklinski and all these guys, Kyle Kaklinski, who I like, but they're always shocked. They're like shocked and stunned. They, they, they just really, I mean, they're so emo about everything. And I, I get it because they like believe in things. I believe in the future. It's like, all right, that's one angle. But, uh, and I'm not trying to rob them of their sincerity and passion. I'm just saying this was the most predictable vice presidential pick in the history of vice presidential picks. Who is he going to pick? Sanders? No. Who's he going to pick? Fucking Elizabeth Warren? Tonto? No. He picked a black woman. This is what had to happen. The moderates aren't going to care. The moderates aren't going to care that she was a cop and she locked up minorities. Moderates don't care about anything, truly, other than aesthetics. And it's if you voted for Trump last time and you're thinking about voting for someone else this time, Kamala, because if you were conservative enough to vote for Trump once, it's not going to bother you. They're going to have a hard time shitting on Kamala. It really is going to be tough. They're going to be like, she put 
people of color in prison. And the Republicans would be like, Whoa! And they're gonna be like, No, 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 no. No, no, no. This is the this is Kamala. This is oh boo. She was a cop. Yay! No, this is Kamala. Boo. Minorities to jail. Yay! No, 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 no. This is we're still talking about Kamala. Oh, oh, Kamala. Boo. <laughs> She was a district attorney who framed people. Yes, framing. No, 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 no. It's the black woman. Oh, boo. <laughs> She's a crooked cop. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to really get them. It's really going to be tough to upset the base with uh, Kamala Harris. Kaha. Kaha is going to do what Kaha is going to do. Joe Biden is going to be asleep at the switch, and he's not even going to know where he is. And Kaha is going to be on Ellen, and I mean, they are going to be boogieing down like you cannot believe it. Just what it is. And everyone will go back to shutting up. Antifa will go back to the, their parents' homes and, you know, write, I don't know, plays or whatever they think they're doing. And everybody will kind of go back to sleep. Donald Trump will, you know, if he loses, he's just going to go back to being like a comedian. Yeah. He'll, he'll be just doing roasts and stuff. He'll be funny. He'll be like, they let me run this country. Everybody be clapping. I love him. A few years, I love Donald Trump. Yeah. yeah, or just like George W. Bush. He was Hitler, too. Everybody's Hitler for a little. Mm. And then you love him because Donald Trump will get a hobby. Like, Bush Bush is a painter. And they were like, Bush is, he's really saying, yeah, the, the era of his ways. And now he's like, like, Bush he has a new book where he's like painting immigrants. Mm. It's hilarious. Yeah, She's like, I'm painting the stories of immigrants. It's like, how about you paint the people you locked in a cage and tortured? How about you paint them? How about you paint the millions of people that are dead because you went fucking crazy and invaded nine countries? Like, how about you do that? Why don't you paint some of those? How about you paint the babies with birth defects because you fucking bombed the shit out of Fallujah with, like, God only knows... This guy's fucking Walter White in the White House. Then he old decides he wants to just portraits of courage, a commander in chief's tribute to America's warriors. I thought it was about immigration. No, there's something else. He's painting immigrants. Do the say George Bush painting immigrants. This slim fast tastes like the 80s. Like it tastes like it tastes like it's made by taking like cocaine a chocolate bar, and an air freshener and blending yeah. it. It's exactly what it tastes like. Out of many, one. Portraits of America's immigrants, George W. Bush. Look at the photo here. We got a Muslim, a black, a Hispanic guy, a, one of those dykes <laughs> I wanted up to the left <laughs> to run the hotel. Yeah. We got Bush's weird version of himself in the far left. Then you have a Pacific Islander. I mean, what is this is literally, this is the Comedy Central half hours they're giving out. This is the variety top 10 comics to watch list. It's true. This is everybody who's getting a Netflix special in the next 12 months. George W. Bush painted them. How great is that? Look at that guy to the right. Some Eastern European Nazi on the bottom right. Who the fuck's that? When's the last time an immigrant came to this country looking like that? That guy's not an immigrant. That guy's a bartender who can't get hard, so he takes his energy out beating people. What kind of immigrant is that? Some weird Scottish race realist. George W. Bush is painting. None of these people. And look, what is the fucking thing on the left? That looks like Bush. Yeah, it does. That's a creepy version of Bush. 
Who's up on the upper left here? Martina Navratilova, the tennis player. What is this? A little more than a year ago, President turned painter. George W. Bush set out to make a series of portraits about American immigrants. Well, mission accomplished. I mean, Trump will do something like, now obviously it won't be painting because Trump will never waste his time, mm -hmm. but Trump will come up with like a line of chocolates. You know, like Bush painting immigrants is akin to like Trump putting out a line of like chocolates yeah. in the shape of historic black figures. Like he'll come out with a chocolate shape like John Lewis. He'll have busts of civil, like Rosa Parks. Yeah. He'll have a truck. And for the dark, and for the ones that are darker, we use the dark chocolate. And for the lighter ones, we use the milk. No, it'll happen. He will have busts of African-American figures of history, chocolates. He'll partner. He'll do a thing. He'll try to knock a diva out of the market by selling, you know, equality-themed uh, chocolates. And he'll do it during February, which is Valentine's Day and Black History Month. I mean, this is already a great idea. That's what Trump will do. Trump won't paint. He'll do something so repulsive, so incredibly repulsive, that everyone that hated him will somehow like it. It'll be so bad, it'll be good. They'll be like, he's really trying to do the right thing. Look at this bust of John Lewis. Ooh, it's delicious. This Rosa Parks is tasty. Is that almond? That's what he'll end up doing. He'll release busts of African-Americans in chocolate to the country. And people and the media will go, okay, because they'll have a new boogeyman at that point. They'll have a new Hitler. I don't know who it'll be. It'll be someone to fixate all their, all their ire on. Not saying that he doesn't deserve the ire he's getting now. A lot of it he does. But they'll have someone new, and then that'll free up Trump to do the version of this horse shit that George W. Bush is doing. He's fucking painting. <laughs> Can you imagine a guy destroying Earth and then just going and painting? Right. I mean, this is a guy, Iraq, Afghanistan, torture. I mean, everything. The mortgage crisis. I mean, it's that great Cat Williams joke. That mother fucked up everything. Air, water, like... I mean, to just lock yourself and just start painting is, is truly amazing. He's trying to get good at something. That's when you, you kind of, the one thing you got to respect about Trump is he kind of vanquished that family. He kind of took out the Bush dynasty. Yeah. It's a great, and even in Texas, you go back to Texas, they barely care about the Bushes now. It's Trump motherfucking country mm -hmm. in Texas. They're not like, oh, we're upset. Like maybe a few of the older Old school sure. guys are, but primarily these motherfuckers are like, they're on the Trump train hardcore. They're like, fuck these pussy bushes. We want a real president. President who applauds the people down there in Charlottesville marching for our rights. Marching for our rights. August was always the best month when I was growing up in terms of, in terms of summer and in terms of you know, you knew you had to make August good. You know, a fat woman named LaFawn, white woman named LaFawn, who I used to smoke pot with, said to me, she goes, August is always the best month because you know you have to make it good before school. You got to get it all in. So I hope you're getting it all in. That's why I started with a little rant about the hotels. I want to protect you. I'm protecting you and your interests. That's primarily what this show does. I'm an advocate for people, for families that are going to stay at hotels in West Hollywood, California, to see the attractions. And I want them to be taken care of. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a tough month of August for most of us. This has not been the most rewarding month. You know, I'm trying to think, 
Have you ever had a Long Beach Island? This is something my family goes. You go to like Long Beach Island, which is like a working class, probably very pretty place. Look it up in New Jersey, I think it is, or maybe it's off the coast of Long Beach Island. This is a place that a lot of families go to. I have, you know, guys that I grew up with on Long Island, they take their family. It's in Jersey. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of people rent houses there. You know? My parents rented a house nowhere in the summer. Our summer was exactly like our winter. The same house, same residence. It's nice to give the kids a summer tradition. Did you have a summer tradition that they go to the creek and baptize you? <laughs> Something. We Did you to- wade into the water and... We went to Padre in the Gulf of Mexico. What the hell is Padre? Did you do it a lot, like every year? Uh, we did it three years in a row, but then family got sick of it. We stopped doing it. But have you pa- been to the Gulf of Mexico? It's just dirt. Padre. What is Padre? Uh, it's it's just a shitty little. It's like you stay in a little hotel. On the, you can walk to the beach, but like you're cutting your feet on the fucking seashells. It's it's trash. Right. It's right there by Houston and Galveston. and it's You're just, swimming in oil. Yeah. You're swimming in Exxon. <laughs> I mean, literally. Just doing backstroke in, in fucking unleaded. Yeah, we never had a summer tradition. And, and seeing these traditions, you know, obviously the upper echelon of people, it's the Hamptons and Malibu or Europe. But even the, you know, the middle class have these great traditions, whether it's Long Beach Island, maybe they go to Shelter Island, maybe they got, you know, obviously very wealthy people go to Martha's Vineyard or Nantucket. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think the one tradition I had was, and it wasn't a tradition, like me and Ray Comp would always try to go to Coney Island, one, you know, once a summer right. and have a nice day at Coney Island and, you know, we see a guy without an arm, you know, and a couple of people with, you know, the Requiem for a Dream. Right. Those, those infected heroin sores. And uh, we'd go maybe go to the Coney Island Freak Show where a bunch of people that moved to New York City to be actors started figuring out how to dislocate their joints so they could kind of get paid. Have you seen the Coney Island no, Freak Show? No. This is a great, this is a good idea, by the way. I don't know if any of this is open. It's probably not. It's probably not. But this is a good idea to to really connect with an authentic part of New York City. And now you will get killed when you go. But the Coney, I mean, the Coney Island freak show is just a fun thing to do. It's a fun thing for a certain kind of family. Like a family that's not going to be there, like, together for that long. Like, we all know families where they're on the edge and it's it's over, mm-hmm. but they don't know it yet. That's the type of family that could really enjoy Coney Island. You get a Nathan's hot dog. Yeah, look at that woman. What is that? No, go down, go down. That woman right there in the middle with the with her. No, 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 right down. here. No, 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 down. Oh Jesus! Is that a freak? She just looks Irish. Meet the freaks keeping Coney Island sideshow tradition alive. That's just an Irish woman. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she has some issues. It's visceral entertainment. Tucked on a corner of Surf Avenue between the Cyclone and Nathan stands a squat building that beckons passersby with bold letters that say curiosities, wonders, sideshows. The letters don't lie. The building is home to the Coney Island Circus site. And by the way, all the woke people, where's the rage at this? Right. Where's the anger at that? There is no anger because they're voluntarily doing this. The letters don't lie. The building is home to the Coney Island Circus Sideshow, a rotating showcase of fire-eating, sword-swallowing, snake-charming, and other talents performed by self-described freaks. Right. They say they're freaks. Right. We don't. The show is a contemporary revival of the sideshow tradition that started in New York City in the 1800s and enraptured audiences across the nation well into the 20th century. 
Wow. It's visceral entertainment, things that make you applaud or scream or close your eyes or throw up. It's a different kind of performance than going to Broadway, arriving at a certain time with everybody else and sitting silently for two hours in the dark paying attention. Yeah, indeed. Correct. Yeah, it is different than Broadway. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for pointing that out, Dick Zygon, the owner of Coney Island. It's so different than Broadway, where you go to like a theater and they got like a play with instruments and music. No, here, like a retard swallows a sword. And you don't have to be quiet. You could point at them and really say whatever you want. They don't care. They don't have feelings. They're freaks. So it's not like Broadway, where you got to sit there silently. You could talk, take photos of them on your phone. Doesn't matter. You could ask to poke them if you want. It's the Coney Island Freak Show. This ain't Les Miserables. We got freaks in here. They're on government SSI. We pay them cash. I mean, they can't work. Mm. But, I mean, we would try to go, me and Ray would try to go to really just kind of enjoy it. We'd walk to Coney Island Boardwalk. One of my favorite times we were there, and I've talked about this on the show before, we had a father-son con team, a team of father-son con artists. And I, a young kid who was like 10, mm. and then his dad, his dad came up to me, standing with Ray, and the dad comes up to us. We're waiting online to get uh, tickets to the... We weren't even online yet for tickets to the Cyclone because I was going on it. Ray's too fat to be in the Cyclone. He'll break, he'll break it. So we were thinking about getting tickets to the Cyclone. So what happens is... But he would break... I mean, if he went on, he'd break the Cyclone. Ray would break the Cyclone. He would break it. I mean, it's a legendary uh, thing, but he would probably break... I, I might... I would strain it greatly, but me and Ray together would break... We would break it. It would be over and... <laughs> Everyone would die. Yeah. It, would be a, it would be in the news. If me and Ray got on the cyclone, it would be in the news, pretty much, I think. I'm pretty sure. It's an old wooden roller coaster. I just think it's, you know, it would be, if we didn't break it, put it this way, it would be tough. I mean, the, the, the thing, the last time I was on a cyclone, they pressed the bar so into my fat that it barely clinked. Like, look at the seats on the cyclone, how small they are. They, it was, they, the, the metal was in my fucking rib cage. They clink the bar in my fat. They have to clink it in your fat. And they couldn't do that with Ray. They would have to literally perform an operation. Those are so tiny. They're tiny. Yeah, because it's for regular size people. Look at that black guy. They photoshopped him in there. He's clearly photoshopped. That guy is not on the ride. Dude, he looks photoshopped. He's not on the ride. By the way, I don't think anyone's on that. That does not look real. That looks like they photoshopped a bunch of people on that ride. They certainly photoshopped the black guy in the back. But Ray and me were standing there. So the father comes up to us. He goes, hey, guys, that line's pretty long. We're like, yeah. He goes, listen, I just bought a bunch of tickets. Me and my son have to leave the park. Bunch of tickets, uh, you know, for the cyclone. He's like, just give me half the money. I don't care. I'm going to throw them out anyway. We're like, okay, whatever. I take the money out. I'm like being had. I'm like, okay. I go to the cyclone. They go, these aren't tickets for the cyclone. I turned around. The father and the son, like, had barely, they hadn't even left the park. So I ran up to the father. I'm like, hey, these are no fucking good. And then he just, not even arguing, took the money out of his pocket, gave it back to me that I'd given him. Because he knew. He knew he was running a scam. And his son looked down, sadly. Because I'm like, oh, they run this scam a lot. The guy gets caught a lot. And now he probably said to the son, if we run this scam... We can go get a hot dog. And I felt bad for the kid. I considered just giving him the money back. Oh, just get your kid a fucking hot dog. But I have no guarantee he was going to do that. Sure. But I, when the kid looked down, it meant to me, I was like, oh, they fucking run this scam all the time. But how close they must be. 
Like, I would never be that. I've yeah. never been that close to my father. Like a father and son team of con artists working Coney Island. Yeah. How close are you? Like you start the day out every day trying to just work people over. What a way to really be close with a family member. You know, just start every day kind of like, okay, you work this side, I work that side. You know who we're looking for? We're looking for people that are frustrated at the lines. They don't want to wait in the lines. So we're going to go to them. You know my spiel. Hey, man, my kid's sick. He said that was great. He goes, my kid's sick. He goes, my kid's And the kid looked a little, like, sick. You know, whatever. The kid's, like, not smiling. Because my kid's sick. We got to leave. I'm not even going to use these tickets. I'm just going to throw them out. Just give me half. I get to the cyclone. They go, these aren't for this. I'm like, fuck. And then I see them. They're, like, barely outside of the park. It's weird he wouldn't leave. You know? Well, it was very quick. And we, 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 like, I think he thought we weren't, we weren't really going to, like, we weren't, like, we weren't, we didn't look like we were, like, doing anything quickly. You see me and Ray out, it doesn't look like we're running any ride immediately. But it was just so funny that they didn't even leave and we had to go back. And this guy, and it was just the son's look when we caught him, when the dad just handed us the fucking money back. It was, like, 20 bucks. They're hustling people for like $20. Mm -hmm. And the kid just looked down like, fuck. Like, fuck. We might have been the only marks that day. Yeah. We might have been the only fucking marks at Coney Island. That day. It's not like Broadway where you go in and everybody's like, hey, don't call these people freaks. Don't spit on them. We don't do that. You want to, hey, they're fucked up. You tell them to their face. I love that, like, the difference was, like, in Broadway, you have to sit silently. But here, you could just scream at these animals. You just scream at them. You could point and just say, ooh, ooh, ugh. Fucked. Clothing company. Love them, love them, love them, love them. Can't get enough of it. Give it to me and let me wear it. My favorite fucked shirt, which I really like, the Osama Bin Laden War on Drugs button-up, which is hilarious, I want this, is for resale on Grailed for only $666 plus $8 shipping. It's a size L, though. They don't do bigger than L, huh? Guess not. Well, there's a lot of L's in the audience. It is a dope-ass shirt, so man. Cool. I want that shirt. Maybe I'll have them make it in the 3X so that Americans can wear it. I love this shirt. I would get it if I was a young man that wanted to be cool and edgy mm -hmm. and I wasn't already effortlessly cool and edgy. Mm -hmm. I would buy this shirt that has Osama Bin Laden on it and the war on drugs button up. It's great. I really like this. Go to fucked.com. F-U-C-T.com. Buy this shirt. Take a photo of yourself in this shirt, send it to me, and what do we what will we do for them? We could we could do something with the Epstein Temple because I still have it in my garage. You think we could send that to them as a special gift or something like that? No? I kind of want to keep that. Yeah, me too. I want to turn it into like a cat house for Oscar or something. I want to do that. Yeah. We should we'll make a little Instagram video of putting him in the in the epstein temple yeah um so this isn't even for sale on their website this is on grailed yeah you so. got to go to grail.com this goes it flies off the shelves here that's why it's only size large yeah. flies off the shelves you could resell this stuff at a really high price you could resell it and retire 
What'd you do for a living? I bought a Bin Laden shirt and I resold it. Sitting on a beach in North Kakalaki, North Carolina, next to some retired cop. He's like, I had 25 years on the forts. I got shot in the ass. I got off three quarters pension. That's how I got this beach house. What'd you do? I listened to a fat guy yell, and then he said that I should buy a Bin Laden shirt. I did, and I resold it. And now I'm living here. Solutions are not the answer. I like that. It's true. There are none. There are no solutions. Get the things that make you happy. One of them will be go to grailed.com, right? Or fucked.com. Well, this shirt's only on grailed right now. You got to go to grailed. Let's see if there's anything on fucked right now. What's going on on fucked? What, what happens on fucked when, uh, when they don't have the clothes? What goes on over there? A little CP? You could just join the mailing list. Just right join now. the mailing list, yeah. man. These guys are exclusive. It's exclusive. Are we going to find out in six months? This whole thing's a, little, a front for CP? That what's happening? I hope not. They're sitting there somewhere like this fat idiot keeps reading these ads. Join the mailing list. Join the mailing list. Who runs? Who's this running fucked? Who's G. Maxwell? Who's head designer G. Maxwell? I love the Osama <laughs> war on drugs, but not. Go and get it on Grailed. Go to, are we on this mailing list for fucked? I have not signed up for it I yet. better, you better sign us up. I want to know everything these people are up to. I want to know everything they're doing. By the way, you're lucky I took this ad. I, I, I was fucking going to be the spokesman for Dior, for the house of Dior. I know high fashion, okay? Issy Miyake, Sonia Rokiel knit, bitch. That's 90s shit. You motherfuckers want to sit down with me? Want to sit down with me? While I'm stiff and coke with Karl Lagerfeld in the Plaza Atenee Hotel, the one in Paris during Fashion Week. How about that? How about that? How about I was the inspiration? I was the inspiration for when Prada started doing leather. I was the inspiration for it. Okay? People don't understand the fashion world the way that I do. Okay? You don't you don't get it. Gucci, Pucci, Roberto Cavalli, Valentino. I'm just naming stores that I've walked by in New York. But no, I'm not. Uh, who's that other fuck? Couture, real couture, not like Tory Burch, who sells ballet flats for fat pigs. I mean, real couture, like uh, fucking the name I'm thinking of, uh, like uh, like uh, uh, I'm 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 Oscar De La Renta. I was the inspiration for Oscar De La Renta's Spring Line in 1996. My silhouette. So you think that it's an honor for me to? It's an honor for you to know me, sir. It's an honor for me to do this because if I wasn't doing this, I'd be at Chanel in a creative meeting right now. Do you know anyone at Chanel? I bet you don't. You're slinging T-shirts on Melrose Avenue to fucking rich 15-year-olds. I'm in France. I'm in Paris. I'm at, I'm at Vogue with Anna Wintour. That racist... 
Go to fuck.com, join the mailing list, please. Thank you. I was uh, I was on this show, this movie, when I was a young child. Uh, I was this NYU student in film called Truck Stop, made by a guy. I don't want to say his name, but I've tried to get a copy of this movie so many fucking times, and I've never been able to get it. It was called Truck Stop. It's made in the early 90s. I was in it. I was fucking phenomenal. And uh, it was about a family, a guy who abandoned his family at a truck stop in New Jersey. And there was like an old shutdown diner that we filmed in. And I was there for like, I think it was like two weeks of shooting. It was really good. The last scene was like me and my mother and my sister getting in a big rig, like a, a, a truck, and had the <laughs> truck drove us away. I, I mean, if we can get this, John Morning is his name. He was in the, he's in the business. John Morning is the guy's okay. name. I messaged him multiple times. He won't, don't harass him. But if you know him, I want the, I almost may want to threaten him with a lawyer. I reached out to people at NYU. I said, give me the fucking film. I was in this film as a kid. I want to play it for everybody to see what really, truly, what a gifted uh, genius I am. And and this guy, I was in two NYU student films, by the way. When you're a young kid, one was called When the Pom-Pom Stopped Waving. Go to YouTube and see if you can, if you can even find When the Pom-Poms Stopped Waving. It was about a cult of cheerleaders who killed themselves. And I played a kid who was like had a crush on one of the cheerleaders. That was one of the student films I did. Meaning you make a film when you're at the end of NYU film school. And the second one was, yeah, you're not going to find this shit. Put NYU student film. Yeah, I mean, good luck. Go, throw it into Google just for fun. And then the second one I did was called Truck Stop, where I played a kid who, along with his mother and sister, was abandoned at a truck stop in, like, deep water, New Jersey. Yeah. Now, I mean, this is, by the way, if you know anybody, and I'm putting this out here to the audience. We got a lot of people listening to this show. If anybody can get me in touch with the people who made when the pom-pom stopped waving or truck stop, these were two student films that I was in that I would like to see again. If you if you go to NYU, it's in their archives for sure. They keep all their student films behind a thing. Really? Yeah, they have DVDs and stuff like that. So Wow. So if anyone Can anybody at NYU <laughs> What? We're gonna pretend it's 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 run by the Dominicans? What am I gonna what is it in Italian? The Italians are over there? Stern School of Business is the Italians. Hey, what about the stock market, eh? Um, is that Sam, did Sam Hyde do that joke where he said, I think he said something like that where he goes, I kind of remember him going. Oh, about Puerto Ricans? Uh, I was like, Running what Hollywood? Yeah, what, was it Puerto Ricans? Yeah, it was a stand-up clip of his. What did he say, he goes? He was like, you know, everybody in Hollywood that, you know, <laughs> You know, runs, runs every- the, everything. You know, Puerto Ricans, right? <laughs> it was something like that. Sorry if I fucked the. I think it was up, Dominicans. I, Dominicans. I remember maybe. it as almost remember. Dominicans. I don't know. Very funny. Anyway, yeah, very funny. Um, but yeah, I'm not saying anything negative about anybody. I'm saying <laughs> get me in touch with somebody at NYU. That's just fun. Some people say New York City. It's fun. Yeah, it's funny. It's not. It's you know what it is. It's secret anti semitic No, it's not. We're being goofs. I love Jewish food and Jewish people and and also the food. The one of my one of my best friends is Jewish. 
That is true. That's true. That is true. Who? Steinberg? He's not one of my best friends. What are you, nuts? I mean, I like him. He's like a little... He's a little... He's like a mollusk. Hello. Guy that runs my website is like a tiny little uncooked shrimp. Oh, God. Hello. Um... What else was I saying here? I just want to get those films that I'm entitled to. I want to get those films that I'm entitled to get in. I think the university owns them because they funded them. I love Muslims, so. too. Love Muslims. One of my best friends is a Muslim. Who? Muhammad. Have you met him? No. He's my best, one of my best friends. I one I love non-binary people. One of my best friends is non-binary. Who? Someone named Star. Their name is their name is Star. One of my best friends is Black Lives Matter person. Oh yeah. Do you know who? No, I don't. Who is it? I I don't want to say her name cuz it sounds I like I'm being racist. What is it? It's like it's like Shaki Shakita Hita Megan the Stallion Quana Quequeg Quequay. Kaboom boom. Imagine getting angry. Imagine being offended at us. But these are my best friends. So I'm, I'm allowed to kind of joke around about everybody because these are my best friends. Some, one of my best friends is a cop. Mm-hmm. So I'm allowed to make fun of cops. Yeah. Do you know what his name is? Mm-mm. Derek Chauvin. He's a cop in, he was a cop in Minneapolis. One of my best friends is a district attorney, Kaha Harris. Kampala. Kamala, Yamala, Lamala. Kakalaga. Get me when the pom poms stop waving or get me truck stop. I deserve, I deserve, I want to see my work. That's what I'm saying. I want to see my work. This is this episode will not be monetized on YouTube, by the way. This is gonna get all of the all of the what is it, a sad face? What are they? It's a yellow dollar sign is what we usually get. Which is what? Uh limited monetization. Yeah, I mean, which means nothing. Yeah, no money. Yeah. Who gets the green dollar? You know what's interesting when these guys talk about Dobrik, like all the young kids talk about Dobrik, they're like, I like him because he always smiles. He's like so happy. Mm-hmm. And like that's such an attractive quality to always be happy. Especially in a fallen world where we're all living in the ruins of, of, of reality, truly, and everybody's splintered all like the idea that somebody could just have a smile on their face every day is so powerful. I'll never, I'll never do that. I I there's no way. I'd love like they go to these young kids, like they love uh, David, they're like, we love David Dover. He's always smiling. We're like, what about a guy who weaponizes rage? Is that at all 
something that you consider? What about a guy that makes you feel bad? What about a guy that makes you feel worse about a world that's pretty bad? I like I like the people that smile. I just want to see my work. That's all. I just want to see my work. We had a light episode this week. We we're kind of goofy. We we're a little fun. We're coming back around next week. We're gonna be next week. We're gonna be uh, in Long Island, and we'll be uh, broadcasting. And then, uh, and, and that's not true, by the way. We won't because some of the things we I, I respect the law. And I respect the quarantine law. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, it's going to look very much like we're broadcasting from Long Island next week, but we're going to design a studio in California that looks like Long Island. Right. And in fact, there will be an overweight, loud, obnoxious person doing four shows outside of Governor's Comedy Club that people will say looks like me, but is Amy Schumer. And we and that is just something that happens when you're talented and when you are when you're you have your two stars. Two stars in the night get mixed up. People look at the sky, they, they can't differentiate. Oh, is that one Polaris? Sometimes it can, but a lot of times they go, ah, it's interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of stars in the sky. You know? So we're gonna be in New York and that'll be that'll be fun. That'll be entertaining. I'm just, you know, I would like to get, and we're going to try to make uh, some videos there and everything. And um going to see Ray? Yeah. Hopefully Ray will come out and podcast with us. And, um, you know, we'll be able to kind of do some, do some important work there. I'm going to see my mother and my father before they are taken from me in the second wave of COVID-19 which I will make happen. I will make sure it happens. They will not survive this uh, this fall. Will not happen. And Benjamin will be there, and he will be filming and editing and helping me create this beautiful experience, helping curate this beautiful experience that we deliver to all of you. I'll be at the shows. Yeah. Well, someone that looks like me. Someone that looks a lot like Ben. Maybe Tignataro. <laughs> By the way, Tignataro replacing Chris D'Elia. Mm-hmm. Not mad about that. Why? A lot of times when somebody gets replaced in Hollywood, especially if it's a straight white guy, they give it to someone else, but they're replacing Chris with another straight white man. And I think that's good. They look like brothers, those two. Tig and Chris. What a funny show, Tig and Chris. By the way, where's the article that proves he did anything wrong definitively? Is there, I mean, is that coming out? We don't even see that. I guess we're all waiting on that, right? I mean, the guy's career's been destroyed. There's some uh, There's some weird accusations. Nobody's comfortable with the accusations. Nobody likes that type of behavior. But where's the article? The other thing with Brian Callen, it's like the, the, you're going to destroy the, enti- the guy's entire career in life. And the reality is, it's a 20-year-old accusation. I'm not I'm not disparaging the woman's credibility, but when you have a situation like that where it's, you know, you, there's so much on the line. Everything. Respect, your good name, any opportunity, your your ability to earn a living. When there's so much on the line, you know, it's a little uncomfortable to with one article just just destroy someone's entire life. With, you know, the statement of one person that she gave to a reporter. 
not anybody with any real authority. I'm not discounting, you know, the people that have real experiences and they're, they're sharing their, their truth. And I'm not saying that that's not powerful or shouldn't be respected, but the stakes are very high, especially with Dalia. People are online calling a pedophile, is this, that, and the other thing. It's kind of like, no, I, you know, and it's hard for me, and it's hard for me to be in these situations because I've never met Brian Callen. I've never met Chris D'Elia. I don't know who they are. I don't, I've never met them, and I've not done their podcast. Apparently, they have podcasts. I've, I've not been on them, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So it's hard for me to judge because I don't know who these people are. And a lot of them hang out at the comedy store, and I've never been there. So to me, what's difficult for me to do is being someone on the outside. Look at me, I'm behind the glass, and the car goes through the wash. Are they doing a good job? I hope so. But I'm, I'm here playing with the air fresheners. I'm not one of the things that's going over the car. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? I just feel a little uncomfortable with, you know, this idea that you can just destroy someone's career uh, with just a with just an article. And I think everybody should be, by the way. And it doesn't mean that certain people don't deserve their careers destroyed. And it doesn't mean that there's certain behavior that's completely intolerable. And certain behavior should, you know, you should be exiled from society for certain things. We all believe that. We all believe that. What I think we we need, though, is to realize that, the burden of proof um, and the idea of uh, an open forum, the idea of the, the legal system cannot be completely thrown out in favor of what essentially becomes a mob justice system with internet vigilantes trying to crucify people, rightly or wrongly, we don't know. But we can't throw out the entire idea, which a lot of Western civilization is based on, like the rule of law, completely get rid of that and replace it with a system of frenzied mob justice. That's not a good idea. Speaking in, in the most general terms I can, whatever, whatever feelings you have about those two gentlemen, I, again, never met them, never, I've never seen them. Forget that. But, you know, a lot of this is happening in Los Angeles. I've, ne I, I've never, it's so crazy. I've never been to Los Angeles. And I've done comedy for 10 years. I've never been there. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, wild. But it's a little wild. But I've actually never gone there. I had a layover in Los Angeles once. Didn't change planes. Quick, some people got off, then we just kept going. So I don't understand it. What's I don't get it. What I am saying is that to me, we have a system and the rule of law for a reason. You know, Ben said to me earlier today because I would never sue you, just out of nowhere said it. Isn't that sweet? Just a nice thing for a guy to say to another guy he considers one of his best friends. I won't sue you, just in case you were thinking I was gonna sue you. I don't plan on suing you. That's nice. Look at your best friend today and say, I'm not going to sue you. <laughs> See the reaction. See the reaction. Just look at someone that you're close with and go, hey, just in case you're wondering, I, I'm not planning on suing you and I won't sue you ever. That is so important to get that out of the way. If you're at a, if, if you're at a barbecue, 
when you walk into the barbecue, say, hey, not suing anyone here. <laughs> not going to sue anybody. Let's have some potato salad. Am I right? Yes or yes? Not going to sue anybody. Padre, down in Mexico. Padre Island, Gulf of Mexico. Gulf of Mexico. Padre Island. Yeah, south of Galveston. Bring it up on Google. I bet it's not as bad. <clears throat> this guy's got all kinds of stories. South Padre I Island. I bet it's not that bad. My parents took me to the Enchanted Forest, some shitty fucking thing up in Canada to probably sell me to human traffickers who never showed up. My two boomer parents are trying to get rid of me. He eats too many filet of fishes. We're sorry. That's really what it looks like. I mean, that is atrocious. I mean, look at that. I mean, that is, oh my God. Wow. I'm so, see, Courtyard by Marriott. You want some bistro cuisine? It's always a fucking Courtyard by Marriott. Yeah. Oh my God. That is a hard, they look like they're like dredging the beach. Like as people are, I mean, this is horrific. It's a real dump. Yeah, that ain't great, huh? Padre Island. But I mean, see, it looks much better there. Yeah, but like, Gulf of Mexico water, disgusting. I mean, you got to see. You've never seen the Gulf of Mexico. It's just really. Oh, my God. Look at that. Galveston to check out. Go down in there. Get that mother and that baby up. Look at that. Oh, yeah. That's what it looks like. Oh, yeah. my Lord. It's, just, it's freezing cold. It's just it's bad. God. The fish die all the time, too, because of, like, algae. and. Go to Clearwater Beach, Florida. This is my spot. Yeah, that's nice. It's nice. Clearwater Beach is pretty. St. Petersburg, St. Pete Beach. Go get a condo on the west coast of Florida. Get a two-bedroom condo. Who gives a fuck? It's just nice. White Sand Beach, baby. God, I miss Florida. I'm going to go do shows there soon. We did. They sold out. Those shows at Governor's sold out so quickly. We thank you so much for that. Everybody who bought tickets, yes, it'll be in a tent. Yes, it's going to be in a parking lot. Yes, I got to do one of these shows. I'm not going to make a habit of it. I got to just see what's going on out there. I got to do one of these shows, even for just an academic reason, to be like, what is this about? What is it like to perform stand-up in a tent? I don't know. I still won't do, like, Central Park, and I don't know that I can do the street, but this is a tent. And it is a, you know, it's going to be a challenge. It's the first time I'm back on stage. You saw like the last set or, or you were with me at the store for my last set. I refuse to go inside. Yeah. Not because yeah. of COVID. But. Right. Just there are people that you don't want to talk to. And I've, what's interesting about this is I've never been there. It's so weird. I even remember these memories that aren't real. They're not real. Thanks to Joe Rogan for having me on again. Thanks to everybody who listens, who supports the Patreon, who buys the products, who does the, you know, who buys a life in the big city hoodies. We'll probably have another merch drop in the fall towards the holidays, you know. People are rough right now. It's a tough economic circumstance. I'm not trying to bang people over the head with a hoodie every three weeks, you know. When we find something that makes sense, we'll 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 put it out there, you know. But you know, maybe things will be different when Biden and Kakalaka Harris. We're having fun. Um, Calamari Harris. It's 
women in Long Island right now being like, I like Calamari Harris. She's good. She's the tough bitch. Um, yes, yeah, so we appreciate everybody that uh, continues to support the show and subscribes to the YouTube channel and everything like that. We really do appreciate everybody who, you know, is, is on the journey with us and will continue to be. And, you know, we're going to start making, you know, when we can, when the, you know, when things are better, we'll start making longer form stuff and cooler stuff. And, you know, right now we're still making videos, but there's, you know, there's more shit to do. And it's just when the world starts to open up again, hopefully we can do it. And, um, we can uh, keep putting out stuff that's really, really funny. There's a group of us that are doing that. Andrew Schultz is certainly one of the people doing it. Uh, I'm trying to do it. A lot of other people out there whose names escape me are trying to do it. And uh, I appreciate you supporting this show, uh, supporting Ben. And, um, you know, that's the, uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. You know, and if you find yourself on South Padre Island, <laughs> and you got black dirt under your feet. Like I said, you know, Ben, ben look how far Ben came. Ben came from South Padre Island with dirt under his feet to regularly associating with rapists and pedophiles every night. It's a comedy show. Goodbye.